Well, good morning. Oh, you didn't sound like you really meant that. Let's try that again. Good morning. Hey, it is an awesome privilege to be with you this morning. And I want to start out first by telling you, thank you for getting up. Yeah, yeah thank you for getting up and, and making your way out to the house of the Lord. You know, after seven days of doing what you do, there must be a way that you can find Sabbath rest. What that means to be restored. And if any of you are here and you're trying to do your life and do work all by yourself, it won't last long. Find a way to find restoration. So every so often, get up. Make your way out over to the church. And as Callie and the praise team worship this morning, I thought some of you should have just been up jumping. But you just kind of watched them. But sometimes you want to get to church and you want to tell God, I'm so grateful for what you've done in this last week. So I'm, I'm grateful that you're here today. In the book of Acts, in chapter 18, there is a story there about St. Paul. And St. Paul runs into a couple who are so bold for Jesus that he joins in with their ministry and he joins in in partnership with their work and they go by the name of Aquila and also Priscilla because he thanks them for being a couple, a power couple. And I want you to know that St. Paul was so proud to be in their house uh, under and with them in their ministry then I'm so proud to be in the house of Mill City this morning under the leadership of another couple by Jossie and your wonderful pastor. I want you to give them, Pastor Aaron, a round of applause just saying thank you for them. I don't want to take a lot of time, but the word of God needs to go forth and, and you need to hear what God is saying and how God is moving in our lives. And so I want to go right into the text this morning. If, if you will follow along with me, I want you to turn to Matthew's chapter 7. Matthew's chapter 7. And I just want to read two verses that are so clear and so on time for this morning. Matthew's chapter 7 verses 7 and 8. And hear these words. He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. Oh, I like that part. Everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Hmm. 
I know you're quickly coming to the close of your study of Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount. I know that by being in, con uh, in connection with your pastor. Some of you have known the Sermon of the Mount for many years. You, you've quoted those blessed lines. You know that chapter 5 begins with people who are experiencing personal bankruptcy. Pastor Aaron, in one of his sermons, he refers to them as the lucky ones. In your text, you might have read them where it says, and blessed are the. Those are uh, the people that Matthew seems to see uh, through Jesus that there is something coming. Jesus says these are the lucky ones, the, the poor in spirit. I don't know if anybody's here today, but maybe your spirit is waning. He says to the mourners, blessed are those who are mourning. I did a funeral on yesterday for a lady who had given her heart to Christ and had led ministry for over 30, 40 years. But there was a lot of mourning in the sanctuary. But he also says, blessed are the meek, those who are thirsty for righteousness. Hmm. Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers. Any peacemakers in here today? Hmm. Then he says, blessed are the persecuted. My God, blessed are, are, the, are those who are standing in the gap on behalf of Christ. Matthew says there in chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount says to them, a big payoff is coming. Hmm. Then you move over into chapter 6, and we run into the disciples who come to Jesus, and they said to Jesus, Jesus, Teach us to pray. Jesus shows them what we refer to as the model prayer, the prayer of our Father. Jesus says there's a way for us to come into contact with this God. There is a way that God can be very near to us. And he says acknowledge them. Acknowledge his holiness, his glory, his power. That happens in chapter 6, and then in chapter 7. Jesus somehow returns back to the theme of prayer. I'll tell you this, any time in Scripture something is repeated, you ought to pay attention to it. It's an author's way of telling you this is important. And Jesus comes back to the, to, the, to the theme of prayer, and he makes three imperative commands. He says, ask, seek, and knock. Let me say that again, because y'all don't look like you got it. <laughs> Jesus says, imperatively, he says, ask. Somebody say ask out there. He says, seek. Somebody says, mm-hmm. Kind of feel like a cheerleader, don't you, you know? 
And then he says, knock. Basically, what is Jesus saying? He's saying, pray. Pray. And pray some more. Stories told of a little girl who refused to offer a memorized uh, a sermon verse at the, at the table. She, she, she insisted that she'd be allowed to, to pray extemporaneously over the meal. And with her hands folded, her head was bowed, and one eye was scanning the table. She prayed, thank you, Lord, that mom mashed the potatoes and made gravy. Thank you, God, that there are enough rolls for me to have two. And then she says, but I don't thank you, God for the vegetables, amen. <laughs> what I want to begin in this, ter- in this sermon is to tell you, in most of our prayers, we are heavy on the things we like and want. You ought to say amen. We are heavy on those things we like, and we're heavy on those things that we want, but we are light on the vegetables. (laughs) Church folk, we are are very heavy on, thank you, God, for my obedient husband. Thank you, God, for my wonderful cheering. Thank you, God, that I got the perfect job. Thank you, God, that I got enough money to go here and there. Thank you, God. But we're really light on God. I don't know what I'm going to do in this moment if you don't step in. You got to know God. Oh, I'm I'm going a little early here. Uh, In most of our prayers, I want to tell you, Mill City, you got to move from being comfortable in your likes and your wants. The road that God is calling the church to do, it's filled with potholes and it's filled with ups and downs. It's filled with challenges, but you got to know this God, he goes with you. Somebody here. You've been raised to believe that, that all you got to do is tell God what you want. And, and he's obligated to give it to you. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. That's not what God was saying through Jesus in, in Matthew 7 and 7 when he says, ask, seek, and knock. Jesus was telling his disciples, after you've come through verses chapter 5 and, and 6, if you're going to deal with judging others, you ain't going to be able to do this on your own. There's somebody right now sitting there going, you know, I don't care for him. <laughs> but can I be honest with you? There's no way in the world you can stop judging somebody on your own. Let me give you three reasons for prayer. Three good reasons I put in my notes for prayer. 
The first one, prayer is more than just asking God. Prayer is the outcry of the soul. Offer to God for his consideration and reflection on matters that touch us to the core. Mm. I wish somebody would say amen. Prayer, it's the outcry of the soul, not the mouth. Just because we say it does not mean that it is coming from our core. Prayer, prayer is the outcry of the soul offered to God. It's, it, it's, it's that part of us that's saying, God, I need you. Hello? God, I, I need you. In this moment of my life, I need you. It, it isn't, I need you to go and do. It is, God, I need you. It isn't, God, give me. It's, God. Pastor Jack Hayford says, prayer is invading the impossible. Prayer is moving into the impossible. See, when it's possible, you'll do it on your own. But Jack Hafer says, prayer, it, 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 it's going, it's invading the impossible, the powerful yet humble. It, it is moving beyond my ability and standing before an omnipotent, awesome, powerful, raising from the grave kind of God. He calls me to stand in his presence. And I begin to tell him, God, I need you. Not God, I need this. Can I just be clear? I still got a few more minutes. Can, can, can I be clear? One of the best things about prayer is not getting stuff. One of the best things about prayer is just hanging out with God. So prayer... Number two, prayer is the pursuit of God for intervention in matters not otherwise attainable. Mill City and my friends and my brothers and sisters who are here, we go to God because we realize that of change or restoration is going to take place. These are matters beyond our ability. You see, if we could raise enough money to fix the world, the world would have already been fixed. But sometimes we need to look at God and say, God, there's no other way possible for me to obtain that that's hindering me from feeling I'm in your perfect will. And so prayer, it's the pursuit of God. Can I tell you, every day is a pursuit of God. Do not hear, do not pass goal, do not just own your own. Believe you can make it Sunday till next Sunday without prayer. 
No, there must be a pursuit with God. Because God, it's in that per pursuit of God. We submit our brokenness to God. It's in that pursuit of God. It's where God sees us for who we are. Then finally, prayer is the impulse to connect with God from a true sense of dependency on his mercy. <laughs> it's when I come into God's presence with a true sense of who I am and how I stand before this awesome God. Let me tell you, prayer, prayer will show who you really are. You see, when I pray, I realize how awful I really am before God. Prayer reveals something about the person, about how, how ugly I am inside when I stand before God. And I know some of you here are, 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 are deep in religion and you're saying, but Pastor David, due to imputation, then God has cleansed us and made us stand holy before him through the blood of Jesus. Let, let, let me explain something here. Yes, the blood has washed away the sin that the world has committed before God. But we're still in the process. I wish I had a witness here. We're still in the process of being made holy before God. And every day the evil one would try his best to persuade us to walk away from God. But thanks be to God, every Sunday morning I can get up before God and tell you I may have failed being who I wanted to be. But thanks be to Jesus. I, he has made, oh I wish I had a witness. <clears throat> and so... We are in desperate need to constantly come before the Father with a contrite heart and a, and a broken spirit and say, God, renew me today. Let me close. Let me get up out of here because y'all tired. Uh, 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 Jesus had to say this to these disciples. He had to tell them it's important that you pray. But it's in verse 8 that I want to leave with Mill City this morning. In verse seven and eight, he says, for everyone who asks, receives. Whoa, he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. The key word in verse eight is, Everyone. Somebody ought to say everyone. There is nobody in this place who is not an everyone. And so Jesus says these great words, everyone. Somebody say it again, everyone. 
He didn't say some people. He said everyone. He didn't say just white people. He said everyone. He didn't say just black folk. He said everyone. He didn't say just the British. He said everyone who asks will receive. Oh my God. Just then, we can risk Jesus is risking his ministry on this when he says that everyone uh, can, can ask and they will receive. Why would Jesus say this? Because Jesus says, those who spend time with me, I will in no wise refuse what they need. But it's all contingent on how much time uh, we have spent together. I have a grandson. And every now and then my grandson will call me and he'll say, Papa, how you doing? And I say, oh, baby, I'm doing good. He'll call me on the weekend and say, Papa, how was your week? And I say, oh, I'm doing good. And sometimes he'll call me Sunday night after I've had a long day at church. he say, Papa, how you doing? And I say, oh, I'm doing all right. He will say to me, Papa, Mama said that she didn't have enough money to buy me, you know, those shoes that everybody wearing? And, and I say, baby, how much are they? And he will often say, uh, Papa, it's more money than me or Mama have. And I say, I tell you what, baby, you go and tell your Mama, just go find the shoes. And Papa will take care of it. And my daughter is often the one said, Daddy, don't do that. That boy don't need those shoes. See, what my daughter don't understand is when my grandson had time on his hand, he remembered to call his father, grandpa. When my, when my grandson could have been out playing ball, he checked in on his grandpa. When my grandson could have been hanging out with the boys, he called his grandfather. I wish I had a witness up in this place. That's what God says. When my church had time for me, they didn't want nothing, but they spent some time with me. And when the church wanted to deal with racism, it's because the church had spent time with the Lord. My, my brothers, my sisters, you can't dismantle racism without spending time in prayer. You, you can't get a hold on the opioids that are running through our world without spending time in prayer. You cannot have a real authentic relationship with your spouse or your mate or that person you love without spending time in prayer. The church cannot change the world without prayer. It's impossible. But we have an invitation from the Lord. And I heard, show you how old I am, a group by the name of Guns and Roses. <laughs> they used to sing this song, knock, knock, knock on heaven's door. And when I read, Matthew 7, he says, ask, I mean pray. And sometimes you got to ask again and again and again. And sometimes you just got to 
hunt God down, not because he's trying to hide, but he's trying to see if you're really wanting what you're asking for. He says, knock, and the door will be open. It all depends on how much time you spend with the Father. See, some of you want to shoot prayers and say, God, go do. God, you got to spend time with the Father. It was a story of a seminary. It was holding class one Sunday morning, or holding class through the week. While they were holding class, they realized there were so many young people in, in the seminary class, and the class was on preaching. While it was on preaching, there were young students and there were also an older lady who was in her second profession, her second vocation, and she was studying to go into pastoral ministry. And the professor came, and the professor said, he said, I'd like on this Sunday morning, I'd like to have someone, or two, one or two of you to come up and, and, and recite the 23rd Psalms. A young fellow raised his hand. He knew he was ready to to be able to recite the 23rd Psalms. And one of the older ladies in the class who, as I said, was a second vocation uh, person, she, she kind of raised her hands real, real, real shaky. She says, I'll go. So the professor told both of them to come on up. Come on up and let's, let's hear you do the 23rd Psalms. Anybody here know the 23rd Psalms? Few of you. So the young, he told to the young man, he says to the young man, he says, you go first. So the young man got up and stood in front of the class and he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He went through it very well, quickly. Came to the end and the professor said, thank you, son. Take your seat. He said to the older lady, he says, your turn. And the older lady got up. She looked at the class, tears in her eyes. She began to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Tears got bigger and bigger. I shall not want. He makes me. Tears streaming down her face, lie down in green pastures. He often leads me beside still waters. And there he restores my soul. And then he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When I walk through tough times and valleys, I see the shadows of death. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, you come for me. You prepare a table in the midst of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. 
my cup runs over. She was making a way to her seat. She said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And she took a seat and one of the students says, well, how, what was the difference between the young man saying the 23rd Psalms and the older lady saying the 23rd Psalms? A professor said, it's easy. The young man, he knew the 23rd Psalms by scripture, but it was the old woman who knew the shepherd. And I'm here to tell you, my brothers and sisters, you can know the 23rd Psalms, but it's better that you know the shepherd. And in the old school, it's better that you know, 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 that you know the shepherds. Knock. Because you know the shepherd. Ask. Because you know the shepherd. Seek. Because you know the shepherd. Knock. And I guarantee you. The shepherd. Will open the door. And give you the desires. Of your heart. I'm going to ask Callie. The music team, would they come? And while you're quietly seating, Pastor, what are you trying to tell us? I'm trying to tell you there's a, a difference in praying. Some of us know words. We know strong sentences. But prayer is coming into the presence of God and just being still. I just want you hmm. and nothing else hmm. nothing else yes. Jesus mm-hmm. nothing else yes. Yes. I just want you and nothing else Nothing else, nothing else will do. Mm. Come on, sing. I just want you. Yes, yes. Nothing else, Jesus. Nothing else. Nothing else, nothing else will do. We just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. Nothing else.
listen, listen, listen. How many of you actually want nothing but Jesus? D don't answer just yet. Because sometimes we go to church and we say, I want a good feeling. No, no, I don't want just an emotional connection. I also want to be mentally coming to a place where God, I surrender myself to you. And I tell you to surrender isn't just walking forward. It is saying, God, I expose everything I am to you. I open my heart. God, you know where I've been. You know what I've been doing. You know how I love to, 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 to tell other folks that I go to church. But God isn't asking you, do you go to church? God is asking you, are me and you together connected? So when we pray, it isn't God go, God bring me, God send me, God fix me. It's God, I'm, I'm here. If you need to change anything, God, change me. If you need, oh God, to, 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 to turn something in me, I give you permission. And I get to tell God this before I tell my BFF. Because often we say, if I tell my BFF, my BFF will know what's best. I want to tell you today, no, 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 don't, don't tell your BFF what you need to be telling God. God, there's some things that are blocking me from really walking with you, talking with you, knowing you. So God, I want nothing but you today. And I want to ask you before you leave this sanctuary, If one of you are here and you're saying, Pastor, something was speaking to me through the night. I came this morning and I was hoping somebody would give me the chance to tell God, I want you. Would you lift a hand wherever you are? I want you to lift a hand wherever you are. God, I want you. I, I, I don't want just a church. I want you you God I, I, I don't want to I, I don't want a religion I want you and see it's standing in the presence of God the prayer time God I know I need you if you're here this morning would you lift a hand I think Mill City would love to have you here yeah, just lift the hand. Don't look around and say, who else is lifting? Just begin to say, God, I, I just want you. Some stuff, God, going on in me. But before you can deal with the stuff, you got to deal with me. God, before I can say, I can claim your promises, I need to know you. Lift your hand again. Let me see you. Lift your hand. Father, we are praying now. Not a word filled with prayer, but there are hands here.
There were people in this sanctuary this morning, God, who are saying, it's about you. It's about you and me, God. God, I have all the material resources that I need, but I'm empty with, without you. God, I've been moving here and there. I've been making my promotions. I've been, I've been climbing the ladder of success. I've been, I've been promoted here. I've been doing this, but God, there's still something missing. God, I thought if I got a, a better boyfriend, if I got a better girlfriend, if I, if I got this person, if I got a hold of this person in my life, then my life would be better. But God, it's still empty. My prayer today, God, is for all of us. We all need more of you. God, as we stand in this place, these people whose hands have gone up, God, may there be a realization in their life. God wants none of the things that you have. He specifically wants time with you. God, meet these people where they are. God, if they're in need of a church home, Mill City, I believe, will open their doors. But God, don't let them come without saying, God, I need you. Fill them this morning, oh God. I ask this in Jesus' name.